and welcome back to the Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Hannah and Monica. Hey guys, how's it going? Okay, I actually have an answer to this. Ooh. you want to say the answer before or after the guest, because I'm sure the guest will want to say that. I guess... Also, my wife Stephanie is here. Hello, valued guest. <laughs> it was it was very hard to book you today. So, welcome to the show. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? Fine. Good. Okay. So, Hannah, how are you doing? I'm just a little bit tired, but really happy because I have a puppy now. Yes, we've seen pictures. How is the yes, puppy doing? Good. Her name is Mina Barker. Um, I feel like our monster podcast listeners will appreciate that one, maybe. And <laughs> she and the cats get along after just a week. And she's been learning sit and spin and stand and bow and vogue. And she's a real puppy. How does one teach a puppy to vogue? Um, instead of telling her to sit pretty, we're telling her to vogue because we think it's funny uh, to reference the I Madonna see. pose. I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I because <laughs> i did catch that one i was just like uh, well that's very cute so i guess our, is this the puppy episode is that what we're talking about today i mean i could do that but <laughs> you all are probably tired of all the pictures and videos i keep sending you so maybe i shouldn't talk about the puppy she, she we would never get tired of a puppy there but that's not what we're doing that's, um we're doing one of our annual shows jaren that's why i'm um, I was very surprised that Stephanie joined us. I was very surprised that Hannah joined us because I remember, you know, not too long ago when Hannah swore off the Oscars forever. But we're doing the Oscar game this year where we're going to go through all the Oscar nominees and talk about who some of our picks are. And, you know, you can try to beat us by to, by doing your own picks. Or if you've got like an office Oscar pool and you're looking for advice, you know, we'll try to offer some of that. So that's what we're going to do. And I don't know. T- to me, I like to think of the Oscars as like Super Bowl of pop culture to me it's this is like super exciting and i get why people get upset about it i get why people are like oh all the picks are wrong and, and, and you know we did a whole episode about you know levicism about three or four weeks ago four weeks ago i think and you know i understand all of that and you know certainly go back and listen to that and we'll, we'll talk about cultural elitism and why the oscars are what they are and why barbie isn't nominated for every category and probably isn't going to win most of them it will win some or at least i think so but but i like the game of it today isn't about the concept of why it's broken and why it's fixed we'll, though we'll talk about that a little bit today is the concept of how do you win if you've got like one of those office pools where you got 20 bucks on this how do you make your money Does that sound right everybody yeah and also i was just gonna say we've had a lot of rants about the oscars over the years that i go back mm-hmm. even further than barbie so mm-hmm. like this is not a new thing so like i don't think you can put us in a room together virtual though it may be and not hear opinions oh, like, sure, like, sure. like our picks are going to come with some opinions absolutely Hannah, more than our picks are going to come with opinions, and I might argue our picks are just opinions. Like, I do think that Mav plays this game to win. I think Hannah and I Uh play this game because we want to talk about our opinions on the air. There is a disclaimer I want to say, like, don't know that these picks are going to help you win your office pool, especially because I'm just going to come out and say it, that this is the year that I have watched the least amount of movies. 
and the year in which I'm going to be doing all of my picks live. But there is something in which I do actually want to know as like a personal experiment if I do any better or worse than all of the years that I've put a lot of thought and planning into it. So, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. I mean, um, oh, you yeah. might all recall last year when we did this game. I purposefully threw this game <laughs> just so I could keep picking everything everywhere all at once in every category it was nominated with maybe one or two exceptions. So like, was, this wait, is what you work out. With. It worked out okay it, for I her. thought that it, it pretty worked, much won everything. <laughs> I, it worked out okay, but there were categories like Best Original Song where I knew the song from RRR was going to win, but I was just like, right. everything everywhere all at once. I'm doing my bit. So. Yeah, it, it's all right. I think, and I think you, as did I, I think you, well, no, actually, I don't remember. I'm to go back and check the tape. I think you picked Stephanie, Stephanie Sue for I everything did. all at once, not Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, and I, cause I know uh, I went back and forth. I don't remember where I landed. Cause I had a very, I had a very good feeling that Jamie Lee was going to take it, but I wanted Stephanie to take it. Yeah. Um, we, I think at least one of I us said, that way. Yeah. at least one of us said, I think actually all of us might have picked Stephanie just for the principle of it because we were excited she was nominated. And mm-hmm. I think we admitted while picking, this is probably just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is, is an correct. aspiration. Yes. Yeah. That so, was the only um, one where I'm, Matt was I'm willing mostly, to throw the game. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna and I try when when we do this, I try to do I try to tell you when I think that my personal pick is going to fly in the face of logic. I actually don't have that many of those this year. I think I, I have a pretty I'm I'm pretty much in a for the most part, I think who I think is gonna win is or and who I or who I want to win is going to win. There are a couple where I'm like, eh, maybe not, and I'll tell you where I'm hedging. But it's a, it's really only a couple this year. It's not, you know, I don't have a lot of emotional picks. So I will say, like Monica, I was just very busy this year. So this is the year where this is the least number of Oscar picks I've actually seen in quite a while because I just didn't have the time to do the thing where, you know, where, hey, I'm not teaching on Tuesday, so I'm just going to go and catch whatever is playing, which I do a lot. I mean, I, I just was very busy you know, all, the entirety of the year and I just didn't have a lot of time to like just kind of roll into lows and catch whatever's playing. Though I did see a lot and I will say this year is special in that Stephanie has seen more Oscar contenders mm-hmm. than yep, I have seen. Convinced me to come on the air. In theory, I know more. Yeah, well, but but that's extremely rare that you have caught more of the films than I have. Yes. Yeah, my mom has kind of dragged me out to the movie theater. (laughs) Yay! I'll be impressed. It's stuff. I mean, it's not going to happen. But I would love to see if you can beat me. That that was. I mean, I go with my gut, which my gut is not like is not good at this game. We're going to give it a shot. So I guess to just get it started, I'm going to start with I'm going to start with one where where I feel personally I'm the most up in the air. And I'm going to start with original song where the choices are the fire inside me from um, Flame and Hot. I'm just Ken from Barbie. It never went away from American Symphony. Wahazaji, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. And what was I made for from Barbie? You want to take this one? That's funny because I feel like this is the one that I feel most like... most strongly about and okay. that I'm yeah so I just really like the song what was I made for it's just really touching mm-hmm. and well made and I think it's gonna win I think it won the Golden Globe and I think it's gonna take the Academy Award Anna do you have an emotional pick here I'm I'm going to agree with Steph both emotionally and also because I think it is a toss-up between the Barbie songs um and I just I, I want it I really want Ryan Gosling to perform at the Oscars which the Amy I get that wish but I don't necessarily want I'm just 
kin to win. Also, I don't think I'm just kin is a typical Oscar song. Although, am I a man or am I a Muppet did win best original song that one year. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Randy Newman has a couple of. Mm-hmm. I will jump in and say I'm exactly where Hannah is. I personally would prefer I'm just kin to win. That, this is one of the ones where I'm like, if it were up to me. It's like comedy song. It's like such a funny song. It's a, Love that. It is I funny. Think it, I actually, and I actually think it is. A I like song. the flash dance. Like it, As talented as Billie Eilish is, I'm just kin is a song that musically I just enjoy more. Like mm-hmm. I like a yeah. like it, it is it's a banger. It's catchy. It, it's what I it's what I want in a song. Mm-hmm. But I, this is one of those places where I think the Academy is different than me, and I think that they're going to go for what was I made for. I can't handle the men behind. I'm just Ken giving another speech. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. But like I and I and I and I and I think you're not going to have to because it's it's not going to yeah. it's not going to happen. I think that, um, at least that's what I think. Monica, what about you? Yeah. So the research that I did was did everything is awesome from the Lego movie win because I knew that it was nominated (laughs) and I was trying to think of like only what is the closest thing that I can think of to I'm just Ken and as fucking funny as it would be for that to win it's not going to the Academy adores Billie Eilish they think it is wonderful that this plucky child makes Oscar music she did win previously for the James Bond theme so I think that they're going to give it to her again Mm -hmm. I think so too So, so this is the one this is the one where I guess we are starting in complete agreement mm-hmm. um, across the board. Everybody is all for What Was I Made For from Barbie by Billie Eilish. So if you're trying to do your poll, that's the smart money, I guess, right? Like that's where we're going to start. On the other side of music, do we have a feeling it's for original score? I think this one's going to go to Killers of the Flower Moon. And maybe this is where my opinions get started because we did warn everyone that this was going to be a show about opinions. Killers mm-hmm. of the Flower Moon is not good despite at treating its native community well despite saying that this is a movie that collaborated with its native community and and I think that the Oscars feels like it has something to prove there so uh, there's something that makes me think in terms of awards you're not going to give it to Scorsese you're not going to give it to the you know the the white people in, involved but like there's something about like being like oh we played we played nice by incorporating like indigenous music and themes that just feels like maybe it's going to be one of those like gimme awards mm. in which the academy shows that it i don't know understands diversity now debatably so that's my pick i would agree with that and i also since we're talking about killers of the flower moon would also like to say that like while i originally was excited about this film because i i thought it you know with like the way that scorsese was talking about it really it was like oh it's like doing what oppenheimer doesn't do um it's going to like show you know not only like a piece of american history that some people just have no clue about but also like show it from like not a white dude lens, and then it's it's not the whole movie is a white dude lens. yeah and i think what he meant because you know, the book yeah isn't the book isn't a white dude yeah. lens all you had to do yeah. was follow the motherfucking book for Daisy. all right yeah and, and i think so, so yes and so like what i think he meant was like he was just gonna like you know have tom white the fbi agent be the main character and have it just be like a mystery movie and like mm-hmm. it yeah, just be right. like white savior instead of like let's spend three and a half hours in the heads of white supremacist genocidal maniac so like like i understand why he rewrote it but I, the way he rewrote it I, no just no yeah what Marcus said so in short like i was really disappointed in killers of the flower 
Sunflower Moon. But I do think that here is one place that the Academy might recognize it because like they're gonna a little bit. Also, yay. Also, yay. It didn't get nominated for best screenplay because the screenplay was really bad. Like even in disagreeing with even in disagreeing with how like it was framed, like it was just like poorly written. Like it, honestly, you need Josh made this point. So I want to quote him on this. But like you needed the book to understand some of the concepts they were talking about. And like, you know, I don't want like a movie that like, you know, talks down to its audience, but they could have like been better about a lot of things. Like, a three like, and a half even, hour movie shouldn't yeah. need you to consult the book. That's why it's three and a half fucking hours. Like, I went to the bathroom twice too much information but still i went to the bathroom twice and i came back and i asked josh what i missed and he said literally nothing yeah it was very slow <laughs> like i like it was in some places yeah, we, have, like, we haven't gotten to writing yet we should make sure yeah, actually I, know. <laughs> I know that's fair yeah okay yes, I, I, see right. no, yes, okay. I see your point that's fine i see your point so, so so in short killers of the flower moon is not my favorite by a group monica back back to talking about scores score. and also and also the score was like one of the parts of the movie i can't complain about there we go yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but so I watched, I saw American Fiction, I saw Indiana Jones, I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, and I saw Oppenheimer. The only one I didn't see is four things. And Oppenheimer is the only score that I was like aware of during the movie. It was like, it, and it, maybe this is a bad thing, actually, because it was trying to like, I think too much, like it was sort of over the top trying to add to the tension of the movie. And there was a lot of like very dramatic movie of music underneath. And it was like throughout the entire, from what I remember, throughout the entire movie. So maybe that's not good. I initially picked it, but I think maybe I'm going to change. Can I change my answer? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I can't see your sheet. Okay. I'm going to change. Yeah. I did pick Oppenheimer, but I'm going to change it to Killers of the Flower Moon okay. based on what other people said. I'm going to go with Oppenheimer. Oh, <laughs> I, I actually, I think that everything all three of you are saying, I think that there is a story developing, which is going to become evident as we go through our picks tonight, where I think the big winner of the night is going to be Oppenheimer. It's going to win mm. the most. And this is an award that you can throw them without ruffling too many feathers. And you could be like, yeah, OK, I see why that happens. I think that it I think this isn't this is, we've talked about this before. I think this is one of those things where you can say there's the most score in Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yes. And I think that. That's kind of what it's going to be. I don't think that it's going to win this by virtue of anything other than the fact that we just need it to have the most awards. Like, that's what I think this comes down to. I think I think this is a, yeah, I'm voting for Oppenheimer for everything else. So unless I have a compelling reason not to, then I'm going to vote for Oppenheimer for this. And I mean, I'm not me. I'm saying if, as, a, as an Academy voter. And I don't feel like there is a compelling reason not to. However, that said, for the listener who's trying to gain this this is a two horse race it's between killers of the hot fire moon and oppenheimer and so you know you can go with everybody else here and it's not the it's not the worst choice i did check the the vegas odds and oppenheimer is paying three to one hmm. versus killers of the flower moon paying four to one so they're basically in a dead heat like it, it you know like i like i'm not i, I it's not like it's an overwhelming choice here I just Hi, Bart, to that, uh, Mav, how often do you check the vegas odds in your author predictions Always. <laughs> Did you have a spreadsheet where you have like all the sources? <laughs> Honestly, like after do, we we listened to Mav talk about no. <laughs> Like, Mav, you are the only person who we played on the show. It takes a special kind of nerd to check 
Biggest odds on the Oscar predictions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Remember, oh, no. this is the same person who has like a system for yeah, yeah. box office picks, and it like we do have a spreadsheet. No, not no, not this year. And oh. I usually um, so for for the box office game, I do. Hannah's correct. I do have a system, a ranking system, where I have to keep it into effect um, how much I think it's going to make, how I think it's going to do with the critics, when it's coming out, what is what it is intended to be playing up against, and you know. So I got a whole ranking system that goes into effect for the box office game what do i think that like you know is there a wild card where i think that like you know like katya is going to go rogue and pick something way too early in the game and then it's going to be off the table i try to figure those things out there's a lot more gut that goes into my oscar picks where i, I read everybody's predictions i check the vegas odds i look at all the guild awards see where they fell and then i kind of i try to get like a general feeling based on that so it's not as staunch a system as it is for the box office game but of course you got to check the vegas odds come on people all right, fine. Here's a fun one. Makeup and hair. I, this was hard for me and I'll go first, I guess. I thought this was going to come down to two things. One was poor things and one was maestro. And ultimately I voted for maestro because I think the Academy needs to tell the world, no, it's okay. We did the nose thing and we know. Like, like I think this is a, this is the Academy doubling down on the, no, it's not anti-Semitic. It's just that's what Leonard Bernstein looks like. Yeah, they did a great job. And, I yeah, but there's a lot of, you know, you know. In, and I think this is what I think the Academy is going to sort of like double down here, you know, sort of nebulously and say, oh, he really did become Bernstein. They, you know, they went out of their way to like have Bernstein's kids be like, nah, he looks like my dad. That's mm-hmm. my dad had a big nose. So, like, I, I think it's all about the nose. And I think the nose beats poor things for me. But you, stuff. I picked Maestro too, actually. For, yeah, essentially for that reason, I was a little concerned about the nose being offensive to some people, but then I just remembered he just looks so much like him and they, he aged, I guess it was like essentially his entire, I didn't see the movie, but it's, yeah, so he, I, from what I saw, they did a great job making him look like Bernstein. I'm going with poor things. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. no reason oh, except that, yeah. I have no reason except that I, I think that, you know, the Academy likes poor things and like it's going to perhaps lose some awards that in another year it would win. So. Mm-hmm. Here's one that it can win. And people are actively, I think, rooting for it. And I think some people are actively rooting against Maestro, not because mm-hmm. of the nose thing specifically, but because of the whole discourse around the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to round it out, I think I'm going to split the vote right down the middle here. And I'm also going to go for things. This was an interesting year, right? Because a lot of times we talk about hair and makeup as the one that does the most. And I do mm-hmm. think in other years, Doing a film like Maestro that goes through this, these large expanses of, of biopic aging, like that's something that we definitely saw. Like the eyes of Tammy Faye and like the transformative nature of Jessica Chastain over decades. Like that's what cinched their win a few years ago, right? And mm-hmm. I, and so I do think that this is a two pony race between Four Things and Maestro, but I think that the prosthetics leading towards fantasy in poor things strikes me as something that the Academy is more likely to vote for when we think about something being the most. And if we're talking about the prosthetics of is this racist or the prosthetics of is this fantasy, it does feel a bit safer Mm -hmm. to vote for is this fantasy. So my pick is poor things. Yeah, and I mean, I can't fault that logic. So 
me write down the this one this was the easiest one for me on the entire sheet and i wonder if it will feel this way for everybody else international feature film where the choices are lo capitano perfect days society of the snow the teacher's lounge and the zone of interest uh, this one's going to zone of interest no contest because zone of interest yeah. is nominated for things like best film and it's just not going to win that category so they're going to give it something else mm-hmm. and yeah. zone of interest is an intensely powerful movie that i don't think can or should be ignored. So that's my pick. Uh, no for future. No, no further comments. Yeah, Beth, did you? Uh, I didn't even pick on this one. I have no idea. Oh uh, well. Okay, then I will. I will reiterate. If you, if you are looking to pick up a point in your Oscar game, the way to do so is to vote for Zone of Interest here. It is for exactly the reason Monica said. It is going to win. It's not like maybe going to win. It's going to. What, win. what is it? It doesn't matter. It is the. It is nominated for Best Picture, and none of the other ones are. It is a. Gimme. Right, it, it is a gimme that it will win because I don't like I think we've talked about this last year. I don't remember the only time anything doesn't win oh, when, it's this movie. For, okay. yeah, when it's nominated for Best Picture is if there are two of them. If there are two things that are nominated for Best Picture in the International Film Festival, then maybe it's hard. But no, there's just there's no way for it not to win. It is a odds-on favorite okay. by anybody. Yeah, I'm picking this because I didn't realize it was that movie. And I know this. Yeah. yeah so, so that's where I would go as well. Continuing to another technical award in here. We've got film editing. Film editing, where the choices are Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Four Things, and Oppenheimer. Anybody have a strong opinion? Yeah, clearly not Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> yeah. well, Why I mean, do you say I, that? It needed editing. <laughs> um, to, to, to be fair, the editor, of, uh, the, the editor of that film has like four Oscars mm-hmm. for film editing we already. We talked about this. Yes, right. yes so she, she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I will say that the length of the film and i'm not saying that i agree with this choice i'm just saying i understand the choice the length of the film and the relentlessness of it mirrors i think the experience of people who went that through that event and like the relentlessness of like the horrors that were happening the mm-hmm. osage people so like i will actually i can also say that like from a purely like thematic and technical standpoint even though i think the film is too long i can't criticize the editing in the same way i can criticize other aspects of the Film. That being said, I want to go with Oppenheimer because mm-hmm. if, if there are things that I also like have complained about with Oppenheimer, the editing of the film is ex- extremely excellent. And from a truly like making this movie work, that was exciting to just like look at the editing of the film and like how it all fits together. So, mm-hmm. yes, I'm in agreement with Hannah. I this is this was an easy choice for me. I think this award belongs to Oppenheimer. Yep, agreed. Frankly, I do actually think that is a large strength of Nolan's films is the editing. As much mm-hmm. as I do not particularly enjoy Nolan's movies, I do think that there is also something about his insistence to work with practical effects it means that you need a good editor in order to make those things look believable because you cannot fall back on being able to fix it in post per se, right? Like mm-hmm. as much as editing is literally the definition of post. <laughs> I, I do think that there is something about like when you choose to do everything for real, you know that the reason that it's going to work is because you've edited it together in a way that also makes it look real because if you stare at it too long, then you do realize that it's like just effects. So that's, that was my pick, too. So we got another clean sweep for Oppenheimer, though, which is Jennifer Jennifer LeMay, I believe she pronounces her last name. But if you are looking for an upset, 
Thelma Schoenmacher for Killers of the Flower Moon is not a bad guess, but I think I'm with you guys. I think we're I think we're looking at, at this going to to Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And Vegas agrees, by the way. Yes. Oh, stuff pulled the Vegas yep. on. <laughs> of course. <Yeah. laughs> all right. Do the short subject because these are always fun. So what do you got for documentary short stuff? Oh, shoot. That's another one where I did not pick anything. Like I, I really wanted to watch these and find out where I can watch these and pick, but I didn't do that. So do you have a guess? You want to pick based on name or anything? Name. Okay. Usually, like my experiences, in my opinion, and this might you might want to edit this out, but it seems to like always go to like the most boring sounding film. I don't want to edit that out. I I think that is. I think that is a fine methodology. I don't know if it's going to work. The last repair shop. Okay. Done that. You know what? I'm going to jump right in and say, Steph, that's a great pick because the way that I always pick documentary short film is I drive around L.A. and I see which one could afford a billboard. And that's the only documentary short film that has a billboard. Um, so that's the one that I'm putting my money behind, too. OK. OK. Anna? I'm going to be just like the typical like English person and pick the ABCs of book banning, not knowing what any of these movies are about, besides what I assume that one is about book banning. Um, and okay. it's not like a big witch. So, so I have I've not seen them. Uh, this was actually hard this year. Um, a lot of times I, I actually do see them all, which usually gives me an advantage. I have watched all the trailers. I've watched reviews of all of them. So I know what they're all about. I have also looked at the Vegas odds. So I know this is a two horse race between the ABCs of book banning and the last repair shop. <laughs> um, that's, where, that's where this race is. And I went, I mean, you can see I've scratched it out and I've changed my mind a few times back and forth. And I just have toss up written next to this on my sheet. And here's where I landed. I landed on the last repair shop, not on the ABCs of book banning. For the longest time, I was on ABCs of book banning because this is the story that I think like I, I think there is some respect where Hollywood, where the Academy wants to say we are concerned about the arts and we want to be we want to show that we're sophisticated. We want to show that book banning is wrong. And they want to send that message. That said, the ABCs of book banning is a short documentary produced by MTV Films, and it looks like it. It's glitzy. It's glammy. The production value is too high to win in documentary short. If it were a full length, it would be a shoe in. But since it's a short, I think they're going to want the grittiness a little bit. And The Last Repair Shop is about, and this is actually, I'm not against this. So what The Last Repair Shop is about is, you know how, because this is, again, Hollywood wants to feel good about itself. You know how we're always complaining about we're losing music in public schools. This is about, LA is one of the few remaining places in the country that has music repair shops that still donate instruments to elementary schools to get kids to go, hey, here's a free flute want to learn to play the flute here's a trumpet here's a tuba and here's a violin and it's a whole documentary about these many music shops that are still donating instruments to public schools to get uh-huh. impoverished kids to play music that's the movie that's awesome. yeah and i think it is a good way to feel good about yourself and it looks delightful and i think that it's going to win so but it, but like you guys are saying I, I think it's amazing that like your your methodologies pretty much work it's like which ones have i have learned over the years which, yes. one, which one has boring i used to do the opposite mm-hmm. so i think so i i i think it's going to be last repair shop but it could be either what about animated short film Steph, you want to try your methodology again? i picked the john lennon I, john lennon yoko ono war's over yeah 
Okay. For no reason. Well, because it's Johnny. Because I recognize the names. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I assumed that I actually thought you might pick that one. Hannah, do you have one? Um, Letter to a Pig. Why? It's about a pig. I assume. <laughs> did you did you look look for the billboards again? All right. This isn't. This is not one where I went with the billboards. This is one where I went with the directors. I am going with the Joshua and Jared Hess film 95 senses because of mm. nacho libre it is very pretty where i'm going to go with hannah for letter to a pig this is another one where i watched all the trailers i went back and forth my problem with war is over is it is it looks gorgeous it looks too good it's very it is very polished it's a computer animation it looks like the kind of thing where i'm looking at this and i'm going they're going to get to make a feature film real soon now because i mean if they haven't already Mullins and, and Booker are the two guys who made it, and they are going to get a gig taking their skills, you know, to something with more substance because it looks like it wants to be a full movie. And, uh, you know, it doesn't look like it wants to be a full movie. Letter to a Pig. Letter to a Pig looks like someone had a, had a love letter to hand-drawn animation, and it's gorgeous. And that's where I think it's going to, it's going to land. The others nine, uh, all look good, too. I, in particular, really kind of like how Pachyderm looked, and... But 95 senses look good. Our uniform looked good. All of them look good. I think it's letter to a pig. You don't think the Napoleon That's Dynamite cool. creators deserve an author? Has I do. I don't think they deserve one. I, I think that Letter to a Pig is just gorgeous. Gorgeous work. I just, I watched, I watched it. I mean, it's like, it's really pretty. So, you know, that was where I was at. This one, I'll go first on this one, because this isn't the one where, where I think it's a gimme. Live action short film. This is the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. I've seen no reason to discuss it. This movie exists to win an Oscar. Anybody else? It's literally no? Wes Anderson. End of story. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. yes. It is literally, it is Hannah, Steph. Yeah, I'm going to pick that now. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I'm going to pick this, but I'm going to pick this less for Wes Anderson and more because Dev Patel is in it. Sure. So, so yes. Yes, Dev Patel is in this. So this is a 39 minute short film directed by Wes Anderson starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Ray Fiennes, Dev Patel, Ben Kingsley. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. No, this is literally like, this is literally, you know, the thing that Wes Anderson does. So good. But he did it for 40 minutes instead of two hours so it's in short film just so he can win it it feels unfair honestly i was gonna say this feels like it should be disqualified because i feel like the short categories are supposed to be for people who don't have careers yet like and that sounds rude because Uh i did just say that like the napoleon dynamite creator should be in the last category but there is something about like guys like the people who made napoleon dynamite and natural libre and wes anderson like those are very different like playing circles that we're talking here like it should I, I agree. <laughs> seems unfair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not. This seems unfair, but like the one, this is another one of those ones that, you know, if you're trying to win your pool, here's where I feel like some smart money is. You can pick up a point on live action short film by going with the wonderful world of Henry Sugar. I have, okay. there are very now. few certain, <laughs> certainties in this life, and I believe Wes Anderson winning an Oscar <laughs> next week is one of them. That film. I will. Oh, here we go. One of our favorites. I'm going to go to production design. 
Monica, we talk about this a lot. Where are you at with production design? This is one where I, this is a two pony race to me. Uh, me one one pony <laughs> is Barbie because it caused a global pink paint shortage. The uh-huh. other pony is four things. I would like to think, and I do think I am banking on the fact that four things, and we will get to this later, will be winning costume design. And therefore, I think I am going to give production design to Barbie. Okay. I'm going to say mine now because I have literally the exact same reasoning as Monica and literally the exact same choice. I think it's a toss up. I think it's a two horse race. I think that Barbie needs to win some stuff. And I feel like giving the original song to Billie Eilish isn't really Barbie winning. That's Billie Eilish winning. I believe this is a place where you can go. Yeah, know what? Let's throw Barbie in an award. And I believe that it would be unfair for Barbie or poor things to take both awards. So I had to choose. And I will say I could be wrong and or and Monica could be wrong and poor things could win production design. And then I'll think that Barbie should be winning. <laughs> but, there, but I feel like it's between those two. And I feel like I also pick Barbie for this category. Anna? I'm picking Barbie. I agree with the two horse race. <laughs> I'm picking Barbie because also like, you know, it, it is the bigger film in many different types of metrics of way you could say that. And blockbusters, you know, that, that do like put care into their films um, is something that I think the Academy mm-hmm. also likes to celebrate, which is, you know, why this is partially a two horse race and some of the other ones are too so yeah i also went with barbie it just felt like you were in the barbie world i had a barbie townhouse thing growing up that i played with all the time with my actually charlie's angels dolls instead of barbie dolls but yeah it just felt like you were like immersed in the world it was really well done and by the way yeah, barbie and poor things are literally tied i'm immediately yes, googling charlie's angels dolls because i am furious that wasn't part of my childhood yeah like i used Aww. to watch all these angels on tv land and loved it and mm-hmm. yeah anyway yep <laughs> kelly was my favorite so yeah i mean it is they're neck and neck and i think barbie takes production so i mean i guess we might as well jump on over to a costume design and i think we're basically going to have the same thing for me and monica at least i went with poor things here for the most costume. This was hard. This is actually, I figured it was a two horse race between Barbie and Four Things. And we talked about this a bit on the Levisism episode where I was just like, I think this is one of those ones where, where what's going to push it over the line for costumes is there's going to be some set of people who are going to look at the Four Things outfits and say, that is a costume. And they're going to look at the Barbie outfits and they're going to say, that is a paint dress. And it's not going to be a lot of people, but it's going to be enough people to make the difference because I think it's that close. So that's why I ended up picking four things over Barbie for costume. Monica? And obviously the listeners know by now that during the month of February, I spend time putting together an exhibition that is all of these costumes that have been nominated. So I've seen them all inside, outside. I know what fabrics they're made of. I know what the construction is. I've met most of the designers in person. I have to give the world's biggest shout out to Napoleon. It's not going to win, but I just like the amount of embroidery and detail and the fact that our Joaquin Phoenix refuses to wear anything that is an animal byproduct. So everything's vegan, nothing looks vegan. It's exceptional. It's some of the best period costuming I have ever seen doing this job. Mm. It's not going to win. Four Things is going to win. Holly Waddington's going to win. I think it's actually a really awesome, interesting story because this is the first time that Holly Waddington is working as a costume designer. She's been an assistant costume designer 
on basically every movie that Spielberg has ever done. So she has really earned her stripes and this is her first time on her own. I do think the Costume Designers Guild has given her a lot of recognition. She did win already. The costumes themselves are very interesting in terms of the way that they are mixing period costuming and thinking about fantasy in this different way. Barbie on its own as a technical feat to put every single one of those Barbies and Kens in a different outfit for every single fucking scene is incredible. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline Duran does already have a lot of Oscars and this would be Holly Waddington's first one and I do think that there is something about the Academy does like to pretend that they're a little young and hip and give it to somebody new and mm-hmm. so I think that this is her year to win it. Yeah, This is a close one but I think that's where it's going to go. Steph, did you follow with us? I went between Poor Things and Killers of the Flower Moon and mostly because I happened to see Killers of Flower Moon and not Napoleon but yeah thinking about what Monica said yeah it, I was now that I'm thinking about it I was impressed just by the previews and seeing their costumes so What's your I want them to win Napoleon to win gonna go with Napoleon yeah. when in doubt sometimes you have to just select the answer B and today it is B for Barbie because it is a, <laughs> I think it is a toss up and I'm just gonna go against the grain not to discount it than anyone else has said but it's oh, what I like yeah. doing I actually like when we have one where we're you know we're, we're across the board it gives you uh, a lot of reasons and we've you know we said what they are i'm really curious where people are going to go with this so i'm going to move on over to sound um stuff you want to take sound first oh i'm trying to find it here oh there it is i went with oppenheimer any reason because like these are really terrible reasons i'm glad i'm first yeah i just had like impressive sound <laughs> like the explosion of the bomb <laughs> and it was just like very sound wise it was very good <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, can I also am going with Oppenheimer? I think partially because the bomb scene over everything else is going with. Also, did anyone else feel like, and I realize this shouldn't be factored into the Academy, but did anyone else feel like this is the first Christopher Nolan movie in a long time you could actually understand yeah. like, without subtitles? <laughs> yes, it was mixed well. It was, yes, it was the one where Chris, Chris, Christopher Nolan, I have not been impressed with his sound mixing on his last, like, four films. This one, you, you knew what everyone was saying. You knew why they mm-hmm. were saying it. You could hear things. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yes, no I will agree. Yeah, as funny as it is to me that Maestro isn't going to win the sound category, I gave it to Oppenheimer for all of the reasons that we just stated. I do think that there is something about watching a bomb explode in a theater was really intended for Christopher Nolan's movie movie that you see in a cinema movie. So, <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going with that one. I am also there, and I think I think Steph's analysis was perfect because, so I used to always talk about this when sound editing and sound mixing used to be two different categories, and I was like, this is a thing where nobody understands the differences, and sometimes they pick wrong, but I understand them, and I had strong feelings. But, like, I've come around to realizing that the reason they combined them was because no one really understands the sound category unless you are a big nerd. I'm a big nerd. I love the sound category. But most of the Academy voters are not big nerds. Most of the Academy voters, I mean, there are sound editors and sound mixers who are in the Academy, but the biggest wings of the Academy are a bunch of actors, followed by directors, but the actors are the biggest segment, and um, they don't understand either. So what they do understand is, I know what a boom is, and the boom sounded good. <laughs> and the rumbling, the slow rumbling across the background of the music, and it's like, I don't know, that was interesting, and I think that's enough to win the Oscar for, for sound, because 
I think literally on on lack of technical knowledge, I think the Oppenheimer sound is the most impressive. Not the most sound, but I'd say it's the most impressive sound. And that's why I think Oppenheimer wins. So, it take like a long time for the sound, to, the explosion sound to, yeah. to reach them. And it just didn't seem like they were that far away. So I was like, I wanted to do the, the calculations <laughs> to see if that was accurate. If it is, then I will stick with it. <laughs> but yeah, I think purely for aesthetic reasons of, you know, what you can vote on. I think that was the one to go for. How about visual effects? I'm going to go with Godzilla. Godzilla minus one. Yeah, for no reason. Okay. Just guessing. That's my pick too, Steph, actually. I think that was really a sleeper hit okay. of last year. And I think that they would like to recognize it with an award. Um, and I think when we talk about things that do the most, Godzilla is a really big version of the most. So mm-hmm. it's only coffee over here. And I agree. I'm also going to go Godzilla. Plus, I don't want certain movies to win anything because I hated them. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So hmm. <laughs> it, it is odd that there is a lack. Of, I mean, there's one superhero movie got nominated, which was Guardians of the Galaxy, which is volume three, which Hannah did not like. I think that usually, you know, visual effects is that weird category where you usually get some people in who are not going to be nominated for anything else. And I think that's why Guardians gets in here. Sometimes they'll sneak in for makeup, too. And I think Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, I understand why that made it here. I think that was that's a little misleading because even though, like, I think the Mission Impossible movies get a lot of play among Academy voters for visual effects that would be perhaps lessened if the Oscars would finally create an Oscar for stunt direction which they should have done, you know, a couple of decades ago. People have been asking for that. So so I think Mission Impossible is sort of coasting on that. Napoleon, I don't know how that snuck in here. The Napoleon's team's nominated out of spite because they didn't want to nominate, like, all the superhero movies, which didn't do that well this year. So it came down to the creator and Godzilla minus one. And I think that this was the creator's Oscar to lose. I think the creator has been the odds on favorite for months now and i think the creator has now lost the oscar to godzilla minus one godzilla minus one came out of nowhere it's a picture that they produced for 27 dollars, and frankly i've watched it and given what they did on that 27 dollar budget and it's not you know it's a couple million but given what they did million. yeah it's absolutely astounding and i think the storyline of being able to show that this you know it's very much a little engine that could kind of story and the storyline of being able to show that these people have pulled this off and gotten you know even just watching if you had it if you've not had a chance to watch the youtube clip of these people in japan in the you know who are sitting there waiting for the yeah they're waiting for the american announcement of oscar nominations because they've got they've heard that was godzilla right godzilla yeah yeah. they've heard like a little bit of they've heard some buzz that they've maybe got a shot of you know for something they've never even dreamed of and to watch the sheer joy of these 20 people just going oh my god you know we've you know we've been Mm -hmm. nominated our work is being recognized and i think that at this point we want to continue that story and i think that story continues at the oscars and i think godzilla minus one takes the upset and beats the oh creator my goodness for um their heads are gonna explode <laughs> if they win yeah and, I, and, I, and i'm just <laughs> and i'm very you know and they'll get played off quickly because they don't speak english enough and like it's a technical award and they'll and they'll oh. do the oscar thing of being like oh yep okay you've won now get off 
stage. But I think it, I think it is, I think it's tight. But I think that ultimately, I think Godzilla minus one takes. It. So now, what about documentary fe- feature films? This one I didn't watch these as much. I, I did. I love documentary feature films. We've talked about that on the show before. I probably will ultimately watch all of these. A lot of times I do, but right now, based purely on buzz, on who's spending a lot of money on their Oscar campaigns, and on the way the wind seems to be blowing on the festival circuit, I'm going for for 20 days in Marvel. The options are Bobby Wine, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, Kill a Tiger, and 20 Days in Marvel. And I'm going with 20 Days in Marvel. Anybody else? Now, that's that I was picked. my pick too, because I do think there's also something about the fact that it it is the most like contemporary, and it is the one that sort of caught public attention in terms of like the news cycle this mm-hmm. year. And I do think that there is something about the like being of the moment that matters for this particular film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to win. I yeah. want trying to get all of the support that they can get. Mm-hmm. I will protest. I agree with everyone as mm-hmm. the likely winner. That's all. The one, I mean, the one that I'm really looking forward to, which I think is also getting a lot of buzz that isn't that is four daughters it looks good i want to see it but like just given state of the world academy wanted to make a statement i, I feel like it's i feel like it's 20 days of mm-hmm. and so yeah. we're mostly in agreement there so by the way if you haven't i, I just want to say if you haven't watched winter on fire that was just an, an amazing documentary a few years ago about basically ukraine getting their freedom initially all right Cinematography. This is one of those ones. So here's where I said where for me this one's about continuing the story. And nothing's wrong with any of these movies. Nominees are El Conde, Tales of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, and Four Things. And I think that the Oscars are building to a story this year, and that story requires Oppenheimer to win for cinematography. <laughs> that is that is what I believe here. And I don't know that anything else ever even matters. I think this is about a number game at this point and not about the specifics of the like a lot of times we've talked about this you know a lot of movies where you're like oh the most cinematography is in you know these grand sweeping vistas or whatever no this time I think it's just like we want to you know we want to celebrate the genius of the full package of what is Nolan's vision of Oppenheimer and part of that vision is that it needs to win um, it, it needs to win best cinematography at least for me I think that's what this is going to be yep I picked Oppenheimer. <laughs> no thought. No thought. <laughs> yeah, it was just seemed very obvious. Yep. Yeah, that was one where I'm like, we, we talked about this a bit during our Levisism episode, but it, for those who didn't, I sometimes pick based on who I can tell spent the most money on their campaign, and um, my mm-hmm. roommate receives screeners, and usually the screeners come as like a little discount code, or they come in a little like cardboard folder. Oppenheimer sent me a full wrap Blu-ray disc, like mm-hmm. in the package. Like as if I bought it from Best Buy for $40 back 10 years ago when Blu-rays just came out. And I think if you're spending that kind of money, you are expecting to win most awards. And cinematography feels like a gimme, especially for a Nolan film. Nolan Mm -hmm. is really big on the excesses of visual spectacle. Like, and so this just really feels like it's a runaway category. Yep. Okay. So Hannah, you're, you're yucking. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> what is that? What is that? Like I said, at a certain point, like there's nothing left to add. I'll save my like rant for when I have opinions. The Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, okay. 
So I guess we're to the big awards now. The Phil no, we still have my big award, which is best animated feature, unless you count that as a big award. Oh, I missed it. Uh, sorry. Oh, you're right. I I skipped that one. So yes, best animated feature. Where I think this is an interesting category this year. I I missed that one. <laughs> Go ahead and start, please. This is the greatest lineup. Yes, it's gonna be tight. Like like together, like mm-hmm. in a while. Like first of all, Ha Disney, your generic, boring, a hundred year movie that flopped at the box office didn't also to add insult to injury did not get nominated and for the award. It didn't exist. The only reason that movie exists is to complete the story of Disney has been a hundred years in the making. Let's win an Oscar and it's not mm-hmm. going to. <laughs> or, and and also money, but it didn't, it, you know, it didn't do that either. Well, yes, also so, money. Sure. <laughs> of course money. So we have Nimona, like, you know, that, that like people loved. Like we have Robot Dreams, which is interesting. We have, and then like the sort of, I think the bigger, honestly, the bigger three that were like, you know, theatrical, like the big three in theaters releases are Elemental, which is the Pixar movie. I think it was like very underrated. I really liked it. Like, when like the originally came out from Khan, I was like, oh no, I thought this looked good. Then I went to see it and I was like, okay, well, some people just did not understand. And it had, it was one of the great stories of the summer because it, it opened kind of low. It opened up against the Flash and then it had super strong legs and surpassed the Flash by quite a bit. And like South Korea like kept this film alive for a long time internationally. And again, it was, it was a good movie. I really loved it. And then there's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which, you know, at one point Mav and I joked that this film could potentially win the best animated feature or be nominated for best picture, even when we thought that like more movies were going to be pushed potentially with the strikes, although we doubted it. And then there's The Boy and the Heron, the Mizaki film. And so this is actually a hard category for me to choose emotionally because I loved many of these films and like think all of them are interesting, even if I didn't love all of them as much. But I'm going to go with where I think the momentum is and say I think the boy and the heron is going to win. And I don't want to hear anyone write in about Across the Spider-Verse because we should all remember that even if it doesn't win an Oscar, does not mean it's not a good film. Although I'm like. soured. <laughs> I'm, I'm also like a little soured on it, not as like a piece of art, but after we did our episode, we found out that like the animators were being mistreated and like overworked. So like not cool. This like I mean this is like a prevalent problem in animation and filmmaking. Yes. But like mm-hmm. and it's so probably not the only film even in this category with that problem, but like Absolutely. not cool to say the least. All right, someone else can talk about yes. animated features. So I picked Spider-Man. It just seemed like it would I don't know, it's the big picture. But I want Elemental to win. It's one of the few movies that I saw twice with my niece and nephew, so I think it was a, it was an adorable movie. But you're going with Spider-Man. I think it's going to win, but I want Elemental to win. Okay. Monica? Um I did do a little bit of research and I think that we are dealing with like a little bit of a Spike Lee situation. So my pick is Boy and the Heron Mm -hmm. far and away. I do. It did win the Golden Globe. I do think that there is something about the fact that Miyazaki has not won since Spirited Away in 2003, which feels ridiculous to me. And I do think that this is sort of like the moment to honor that career along with this being a really film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, wow. All right. This is one where, I mean, 
I went back and forth a lot. I ultimately also landed on the boy and the heron. I don't think that choice is bad. I think that if the boy and the heron doesn't take it, I think Spider-Verse 2, across the Spider-Verse, is probably a good bet. But of everything here in this game today, this was, for me, probably the single hardest one because I think all five of them have a legit shot. And so I, in fact, went to the Vegas odds page to just, this was one of the ones where I was like, well, let me let me go with the best odds. They're all basically equal. They're all neck and neck. <laughs> like, they're all paying off, like, nine to two. They're, they're literally, no one knows. People are like, eh, it could be anything. I think right now, I think the momentum is actually with Spider-Verse for this last week, but I actually think that the boy in the heron takes it. Um, I think Monica said a while ago that, like, it's like a Spike Lee situation, and I think this is exactly that I think that Mizyaki needs to win another Oscar before he dies. And this is an opportunity to that. This is like, you know, because we don't know if we're going to get another one. I mean, probably we will. I'm not, I'm not wishing him ill or anything like that. But I think that this is like one of those wins where it's like, you know, we don't have to give Spider-Verse an award here. There's going to be another one probably in a year or two or whenever. And, you know, ten the way it's going. Yeah, but I mean, but I'm saying the lot. I know. There. Not I'm sure when it's going to happen, but there will be another Spider-Verse movie yeah, yeah. to do award and do a Lord of the Rings style thing. And it's fine. I think wow. that Mizyaki takes it here. Yeah, he's 83, by the way. Yeah, but and he's tried to retire like no, a dozen times. It. Like he's tried to retire several times. And he's just been like, no, nah, I got one more in me. No, nah, I've got one. Like he's been, him. he's been doing that for like the last 10 or 15 years. He's been like, oh, I think I want to pull back from Ghibli and, and just like enjoy the rest of my life. But I have this wonderful story idea. He just keeps coming back. And I'm just like, give him his award before he's gone. And so so I kind of, I want the story to be that Mizyaki wins here. But this is one where I think we can probably help you least if you're playing along at home. It could be any. Elemental, I love. I I agree with Hannah. I think that movie is permanently underrated. I thought it was adorable. Mm -hmm. Yep, that was my word. Okay. So now I want to go to, and I don't want to rehash the argument about best screenplay adapted versus his best screenplay original. We talked about it a little bit on the Levicism episode, but I do want to do the two of them, and I guess I'll do adapted screenplay first. That's where Barbie ended up landing, and it is American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Four Things, and The Zone of Interest. Stephanie, do you have a pick? I want it to be Barbie. You want it to be Barbie? Yeah. Okay. And I pick Barbie. Is there a reason, or you just, you just want it? It was just, I mean, like, based on, you know, what they they had, it was, they, they had, like, you know, just a doll in the general idea. And just to make what they made out of that is just kind of pretty impressive. Okay, fair enough. I actually think that this is a hard category because I do think like this is a Barbenheimer category, right? But it, because Oppenheimer is based on a book. Like I, this is one where, and I think American fiction has a lot of really smart things to say. And I wish people were paying more attention to it. I think that zone of interest is another one where like, this is such a powerful story to have made it to the screen. Like this is one where I wish I had pulled up the biggest odds. I'm going to go with Barbie specifically because of the press discourse around the director snub and I think that this is the place where they're going to like be like look we did recognize that it's a real movie and Greta Gerwig has talent and look she did get an Oscar so I don't know if that's the reason that like it should win because this is actually a category where I think all of these films deserve 
to win because I, I do think that they have all done a really wonderful job of adapting original material into a screenplay, which is the thing that makes it so hard. Yeah. Unlike Killers of the Flower Moon. You've heard that before. I'm going to go with Barbie because it made me cry the most. And that was down to a lot of things, but also the writing. So all three of you go with Barbie. I thought we were going to be all over the place on this one because I do think this is one which is completely up in the air. Monica, you said you wish you'd check the biggest odds. I can tell you I did. It wouldn't have helped you because they are 3.5 to 1, 3.6 to 1, and 4 to 1. So they're, I mean, like it's literally, and they fluctuate, right? They, they, they go up and they go up and down. So I'm not even sure that's even accurate anymore. I think this could be all over the place. I don't think Barbie actually takes this one, though I would not be surprised. Ultimately, for me, I think that screenplays, that both screenplay categories, but I'm talking adapted right now, I think screenplay is the one where you can come out of nowhere most. And you can have an upset. You can be the one thing where people are like, oh, I did not see that coming because people are just going to be like, it's the one where people can ephemerally go, you know, I don't know if that was the best picture, but I really like that story. And I feel like it's a good award to give something that's not going to win anything else. And in that case, for me, this one goes to American fiction. I thought it was, I mean, I, I have no qualms against any of them. I thought American fiction was extremely well written. And I think that it's a story about writing, which also helps it. You know, the meta-ness of it. It's a story about race that helps it, you know, because, you know, we haven't talked and we will in a little bit. We talked a little bit about the the indigenous people with when we talked about score. And we're going to talk about it again in a little bit. But Kills of the Flower Moon, not nominated for a screenplay award in either place. So what we're looking at is we're looking at a chance to say Oscars not so white and i think american fiction takes that's where i'm at on the other hand we also have original screenplay where the nominees are anatomy of a fall the holdovers maestro may december and past lives Steph, do you want to go first uh yeah i, I picked the holdovers okay because it was like this is an emotional pick <laughs> it was just an adorable movie again very like heartwarming and it's funny Okay. I mean, I didn't see any of the others, so <laughs> definitely biased. Okay. Anna, you have one. I do think the holders is going to take it. I am upset about, like, I, I thought Past Lives was going to get more attention from the Oscars. And again, you don't need the Oscars to validate a movie. But I was really expecting, I was, I mean, you can hear me on some show last year where I was, like, very excited that I thought that Greta Gerwig and Celine Song both were going to be nominated for Best Director. And we do have a woman Best Director nominee, but ironically enough, it's neither of them. And it seems like the Academy is incapable of nominating two women for that category at the same time. And I thought that Greta Lee would be nominated for Best Actress. So I just don't think the momentum is with the past lives. I think The Holdovers is a thing that is the perfect kind of Oscars feel-good movie. And they're going to reward that. Monica, let's say the billboard. Let me consult the cards. I mean, this is an interesting one because I you don't expect to see films that are also part of that like foreign picture category making their way into original screenplay. I did see a, a tweet that said something along the lines of Maestro is a bit what it's like to write a PhD thesis and then have nobody read it. So Bradley Cooper's not winning that one. <laughs> it's going to the holdovers for sure. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Because I didn't think of, okay. So I also picked the holdovers. I'll say that. 
I pick the holdovers, so we, you know, we have a sweep amongst us. But I will say that I don't think the smart money is with us. This was another one of those ones where I think that you can have the upset because I think that the holdovers need to be recognized. I think it's going to get, I don't think it's going to do well. We'll talk a little bit about it in, in a bit. I don't think it's going to do well some other places. And I think that the momentum on this one, I think, is actually with anatomy of a fall. What ultimately pushed me to the holdovers is that when I feel like it's close, one of the things I like to do, and we talked about this on the Leavisism episode, and we've talked about it on previous episodes that we've done for the Oscar race, I always like to consult the Guild Awards. How did the Guild relevant to this category vote? And in this case, the Guild Awards for the WGAs have not happened yet, and they will not happen till after the Oscars. They were pushed because of the strikes, so everything... The, the Guild Awards don't happen until April this year. They usually happen just before the Oscars, and they're going to be very late. But what's interesting is this year, Anatomy of, Fall, of a Fall was not nominated for a WGA award. It was snubbed at the WGA. Um, their, their categories are a little different. So similarly, the WGAs consider Barbie to be an original screenplay instead of an adapted screenplay. So the Oscars, you know, puts it in adapted for reasons that we've talked about before. Anatomy of All just didn't make it. So I think that hurts them a little bit because I feel like they don't quite have the momentum with the writer's block of <laughs> writer's block, different kind of block. The writer's block of the Academy as they do with the critic. And I think that this is one of the places where you're going to have another upset. And I think the holdover sneaks in. Um, if you don't want to go with the holdovers and you're in your and you're in your pool, I think um, don't just forgo anatomy of a fall. It's got a shot. It's got a very real shot. This seems to be the only category that the holdovers could like take. <laughs> oh, I disagree. <laughs> because I'm just trying to see where, where other... Well, let's move ahead to best supporting actress where the choices are oh, that's the other one. That's the other one. for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for the color of purple. America Ferrara for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and D Divine Joy Randolph, who will be winning the Oscar for the holdovers. At least I'm going to put my vote in now and just say Divine Joy Randolph has won. She has dominated this category throughout award season. It is, it's not just hers to lose. I feel like shy of an anvil falling out of the sky and crushing her. Yeah, and I even was like, then, I don't think there's going to be a single on this one here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, even if she's immediately even if she's killed, like, unless, I mean, something tragic to where she's just like massively, you know, cancel culture canceled, maybe, but it, voting's already closed. So I think it's already too late. I, I think she's just mm -hmm. got it. Yep. I, I don't see, I don't yep. see how anybody else takes this. And so, so that's the one where I'm like, the holdovers is going to get recognized okay. Yeah. Okay, through that's her, okay. if nothing else. I missed her somehow. She was at the end of the list. Yeah. I can't see. I mean, with all due respect to the other four women in this category, um, you don't have a shot. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and frankly, Jodie Foster and Emily Blunt have had other opportunities and will have other opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think Danielle Brooks, maybe not. She's she's doing really good work lately. I like Danielle Brooks a lot. America Ferrara, you know, unfortunately, people are not great. You know, these these things aren't great to people of color. But I think this is where I mean, there's two black women and a Latina woman in this in the category this year. So I don't think it's I think this is where the representation most happened. And they can't all win. And I think Divine Joy Randolph wins this year. I think we're we had, yeah, we're 
we just add my thumbs up and move on to best (laughs) supporting actor everyone else is sure i think it's no contest going to be barb dying jr winning like i'm not saying he's the best actor in this category of the year i'm saying that's where the momentum is and as funny as i think it'd be if ryan gosling won as ken or as much as i really like mark ruffalo and sterling k brown and would like it if they won i think it's gonna be robert downey jr last time robert downey jr was nominated for an oscar was doing blackface in tropic thunder but i think we gotta figure it out In the same category, Michael. So I think that this this is the chance to say, no, he is a real actor, and we're sorry that we nominated him for this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's not sorry. I I actually think that I I think that 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 role caused some interesting conversations but this is the oscars are about telling stories and the story of robert downey jr begins with you know him being you know a nepo baby made from the beginning him having his rise his fall from grace his rebuilding of his career to becoming the world's greatest superhero actor of all time i guess and you know from chaplin tropic thunder he's not actually been able to nail that statue he will today yeah. this is the you know the lifetime achievement award for acting goes to robert downey jr or oppenheimer and i this is one of those ones where i talked a little bit about it and i said i on the leave a system episode and i said i talk about it a little more here so i just want to say i think it's not wrong it's just it's an it's an unfortunate aspect to the way the categories are made because i don't think he's really a supporting actor in the same way as I think Wes Anderson is going to win live action short short film for Henry Sugar, RDJ is the star of Oppenheimer. He, in a more sane world, I think he has equal billing to Killian Murphy. Um, but you had to choose one to be the protagonist. And so they just said, well, the protagonist is Oppenheimer. So the antagonist is Strauss, I guess. And therefore, Robert Downey Jr. is supporting, I guess. I think he is effectively a co-lead story between Oppenheimer and Strauss. But it is... It- it reminds me very much of Amadeus, where, yeah, where, where, where Salieri is really who the movie's about, mm-hmm. even though Amadeus is like, Yes, the lead. <laughs> I mean, like, and I, I think, think he won Best Actor the yeah, guy who played yeah, and, Amadeus. And, and that's kind of where I'm like, eh, you know, I don't necessarily agree that it's a, it, this belongs in. Yeah, well, was, I that, think Celine had a lot more screen time, but as far as moving the plot along, yeah. You think who had uh, more screen time? It seemed like Killian Murphy had more. Celine, Killian, I don't Killian. know which one it is. It, it, I mean, I'm not sure who had more screen time. It was, oh, so in, so actually for Amadeus, they were both nominated. F. Murray Abraham and Tom Halshey were both nominated for Best Actor. So I guess they did allow that hmm. to happen for that movie. And ultimately, F. Murray Abraham wins for her. Oh, wow. So, I have a false memory of yeah, the other guy winning. I, so I, I don't know. I just think that you're going to have, I, I think that this is the one where Robert Downey Jr. just takes this. Just for his lifetime achievement. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> all right so we so we we all agree on that one okay so 
guess we can go to the lead roles then. And here's where I think it gets a little trickier because I, I think we might all agree, but I do think that the race is a little more open on the lead roles than it is on the on the two supporting roles. Because we have for actress in a leading role, we have Annette Benning for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Um, I'm just based on Golden Globe. I'm going to go with Lily Gladstone. Mm-hmm. She was very kind of like Robert Downey Jr.'s characters, very underplayed and very subtle, and but a strong, silent kind of character. Although, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why she trusted her husband. Well, that's a, that, that's a note of real people, not of the performance, though. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, yeah. I go Gladstone, although I acknowledge that Emma Stone could very well win. I just think the momentum is now of Gladstone, and I do think that um, if there is one role that should be recognized in Killers of the Flower Moon, it's the role of Molly Burkhart. Uh, some of the other like uh, minor Osage characters were also like very interesting, good, and wish I had they, I wish they had more screen time, but Lily Gladstone um, was very good. I mean, and, and that's not to say that Emma Stone is not very good. It's just a very different type of role. Like, I feel like when picking, the voters are going to be picking between different roles, like different mm-hmm. types, different types of performances, mm-hmm. and very different types of films, too. For me, it was Lily Gladstone. What it came down to for me, and I waited, I, I, I wasn't sure because I thought it was between the two of them. And last week, Lily won the SAG-AFTRA Actor Award. So that that cemented it for me. Like that, that I feel like is just enough momentum to push her over the line. Monica? Yeah, the Oscars have to prove they're not white, which yeah. is not to say that she <laughs> doesn't deserve the role, but it's to say that's the reason that she's going to win. Um, I will reiterate what Hannah said. If you want to go against it and you think that there's a chance for an upset, the upset would be Emma Stone. It's not even a much of an upset. It's just like if it's not one, it's the other. And I think it's going to at this point, I think it's going to be Lily Gladstone. I have to say, I really enjoyed Annette Benning's performance in Nyad. Yes, it was awesome. Yes, I, I agree. Like, She's not going to win anything. No, but just to throw out. Yes. I will say say I'm not saying she shouldn't have been nominated. I want to be very clear that I don't want to have an argument with you, Mav, on this. But Annette Benning was the surprise nomination for me. I thought and or Greta Lee. I thought that Greta Lee was Greta Lee or Margot Robbie were Mm -hmm. going to get into this category. And honest, I I might have again prefer I don't want to kick any one person out because like this is the hard part of the Oscars. I think I might have preferred Greta Lee to get nominated to like get more people to watch past lives. But, you know, like there, but like Nyad and Anatomy of a Fall are also like smaller mm-hmm. films. So like, you know, and, and I mean, and by smaller films, I mean a certain kind of thing, even though like Poor Things and Maestro, like also technically smaller, fil- like the only big mm-hmm. film in this in terms of budget and even like I think Box Office Returns maybe is Killers of Flower Moon. Although like Box Office, it that's, just, that's just Scorsese's name. It's not, yeah. it's more Scorsese's name and to a lesser extent, DiCaprio and and, um, and, and I do so. think along the same lines as why we're going to give Lily Gladstone the Oscar, we had to give the gays something, so we gave them Nyad. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's literally, and again, wonderful movie. So we're not disparaging. She got, yeah, really she got these things swimming, and it was just like, she just fought for it. 
Yeah, like, I, I just loved it. I should link just as a, there's a, there is a dissection of the VFX work that went into doing Naya that I made, st- that I made stuff watch on the internet by one of my favorite YouTube channels, Corridor Crew. If there were any justice, as much as I actually enjoyed Godzilla Minus One, yeah, if there were any justice, yep. visual effects would be worn by, would be won by the team for Nyad. It's not obvious when you watch it, Mm-mm. they CGI generated the ocean. The entire, like the entire movie is CGI. <laughs> yeah, I'll show it to you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Are you going to link to it? I'll link okay. to it in the show notes. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. And they showed how they did it. And they're like, and, and you go, and because like even the guys who, who were the experts on the channel, they're like, why are we watching this? And then they started watching it and they're like, oh, and you realize what they have so to do. Good. And yeah. it's like, oh, they uh, were especially worried for that thing. It was that yeah. I think she was going to drown for sure, yeah, but, no. but didn't actually they, have to worry about yeah, it. They did not want to actually kill Annette yes. Benning. So they had her filming in a pool and then they CGI generated the ocean and animated it. And it's absolutely fucking unbelievable. And I will link to it in the show notes. They deserve some recognition. Yeah. But what made it amazing is that it's seamless and there's no way that you like you would never assume you'd watch it and you'd go, yeah, they took a camera and they threw a net binny in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd assume that it was just like, maybe it was shallower water that they just kind of shot it, you know, 40 feet off the edge of, like, Florida or something and, nope, nah. <laughs> it's a CGI ocean. It's absolutely amazing. So, that's... Yep, I think, <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, this category of best actress, like, is really easy for people to understand why, like, Academy Awards mm-hmm. are hard this year because Margot Robbie got left out and maybe they saw one or two more of these performances, but they didn't see all of them. So it's like, but but then like, it's like, okay, well, like who else got shut out? And then like, you know, some other people I have not listed are like, you know, like Fantasia from like the color purple, for instance, like. That that is that in another year that would have been like a shoe in for a nomination if not a win for example and then like but if you like put all these performances against each other it's like impossible to like hit mm-hmm. answer you know I think people talk and, about it like it's like oh well it was sexism that shut Barbie out and it's like no she was up against all women mm-hmm. it was just a really good year for women actors in film yeah. like and so I think which is, which think, is a good problem yeah. you know and I think Nyad what you just shared is like kind of like a look into other. Categories categories that maybe we don't all pay the attention to or know what to look for because like the films listed you're like okay yeah like i i see that but you know there there are tons of other films who like have done something really cool and mm-hmm. they're not there um and this is why awards are both fun sometimes to like watch the race and also inherently like really stupid because <laughs> it, it's arbitrary yeah. to continue so, by the way i looked up the screen time Killian murphy is on screen about 63 percent of the time Our D Jr. only 13% of the time. Really? Yeah. What an amazing performance. Is he yeah. on that little? Because it yeah. seems like he's Got there. Two different sources give the same stuff. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. Okay. Interesting. Well, so for that, after in a leading role, well, uh, so to be fair, yeah, Killian Murphy is in almost every scene, but yeah. it, it feels like Robert Downey Jr. is in more of it than he is. And 13% is extremely low, given what I thought he was there. All right. After in a leading role, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for for 63% of Oppenheimer and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. I... Oh, this was hard. For much of the same reason Hannah was just saying for actors, here's the one where this is not what I want, is what I believe is going to happen. And what I believe is going to happen is that Killian Murphy is going to win this award for Oppenheimer. What I want to happen is I want very badly for Paul, Paul Giamatti, Giamatti to win this award for the photovers. 
And saying that is with me acknowledging that I also adored Jeffrey Wright's performance in American fiction. Like this is a good year, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that this year belongs to Killian Murphy because, you know, it's sort of somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. And I think this is a momentum problem. I'm actually willing to go opposite you, Mav, on this one. I am willing to give it to Paul Giamatti as the, the career achievement award. Mm-hmm. There's also something about Fair. I want the little blue man from Big Fat Liar to have an Oscar. As we clapping <laughs> and like laugh, laughing silently and clapping, but because yes, because yeah. listen, that is a man who committed to a children's movie as a Smurf. Like, and like you cannot tell me that is not an actor dedicated to their craft. And I think that Paul, like Paul Giamatti, has been acting circles around everyone for decades, and I think that this is maybe the year that he deserves to be recognized for that. So I would be willing because. I, I do think that there is something to momentum in terms of the longevity of a career for the same mm-hmm. reason that we really love to give awards to Anthony Hopkins, that maybe we would give it to Paul Giamatti this year. Yeah, I thought that Killian Murphy is going to take it, but I would love to see Paul Giamatti take it. Yeah, for all those reasons. Yeah, so, so who are you going with? I'm going to go with Killian Murphy. <laughs> Yeah. I it's so hard because I I think Killian Murphy is like the best part of like some of like Christopher Nolan's movies like Inception like I thought his character in Inception was like the most interesting one and he like played the heck out of it and so I was excited for him mm-hmm. to get his own lead, lead role honestly really want to give it to Paul Giamatti for his performance in the holdovers because if I had to like rank a better like not maybe better but like rank a my favorite performance of the two it would be Paul Giamatti not to say that Killian Murphy did not like do an amazing job he did I also just want to like quickly plug that the the film Rustin is just really exciting that it's on the ballot because it's you know telling a story about the civil rights activist Bayard Rustin and also interestingly enough so many nominated actors are also in this film so it's Coen Domingo also Jeffrey Wright is in this film also Divine Joy Randolph and also a bunch of other actors you might know from other things like Audra McDonald but anyway I just think it's cool that like A that this film got nominated and it's gained some attention and B that in like a weird coincidence of convergence like three I mean admittedly one of them is being nominated for this film but three people mm-hmm. you know nominated for, in one of the acting categories also is in this film and also you know Coleman Domingo could have in another world could have won not one but like or one and also could have been nominated in multiple acting categories in this Oscars because he you know was he could have been nominated as best supporting actor for playing the role of Mr. in The Color Purple but did not I don't know why I'm going down these paths clearly I'm tired and should stop but anyway, Oscar nerd alternate reality. Where's, where's it going then? You're saying it's going with Killian Murphy? Going no, with I'm going with Paul Giamatti. I'm just going with Paul Giamatti, but was excited about mm-hmm. some of the other films too. Because yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, like, like, you know that they're not going to win based on like the odds and how the Oscars work, but you're excited to like see them there. I've grown as a person and I don't have to have every category win. So I was like in uh, the holdovers, like Paul Giamatti's eye, you know, it kind of, it wanders. And then I watched a an interview with him, and then I noticed the eye does not like he didn't seem to have a wandering eye in the yeah. interview. 
But then, so like, and I thought, oh, wow, is he that good of an actor that <laughs> he can make his eye, eye wander? But according to this article that I found, he actually, the his eye in the movie is actually a special effect mm-hmm. created for the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, you knew that? Yeah. Oh, am I the only one that didn't know that? No, no I, I didn't know it. Okay. We're very convinced by it. But yeah, yeah I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of special effects, yeah. but okay. That's, it was, yeah, I, I was like, does he... Because so, I thought he did have a wandering no. eye in other roles, but no. no, he okay. It was just so well done. That- yes, it's the, it's the, it, it is the visual effect that is in that movie. Yes, wow. <laughs> and it's the I was aware of that. I don't want Giamatti to win. But I think it's going to be Killian Murphy. I, I won't be. I won't be unhappy. This is another one of those ones where check the Vegas odds, and they are three point six to one versus three point two to one. It could go either way. I ended up going with Murphy based on the, the momentum of him winning for Oppenheimer last week at the set. Like that's literally what pushed me over. But oh my gosh, this could. This is the race where I feel like literally anything can happen amongst these so-called big five. It's the one where I'm like. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. It, it is very much a two pony horse, uh, two pony race. But what will happen with it? I don't know. More so than Anatomy of the Fall with screenplay, and I think this is the one where either one of them could take it at the coin flip. I don't feel that way about director. Uh, the choices are Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Zone of Interest. And for me, I don't even want to talk about it. I just think this is Nolan's award. I, I don't. I don't see it going any other way. Yes, but I do want to talk about it because this is the category that pisses me off which you all know already a little bit mm-hmm. I just why is Scorsese here for Killers of the Flower Moon besides his name like I'm sorry like it didn't have to be Greta Gerwig but there were multiple women directors that should also be on this list and like I know I just like went on several rants about oh like it's so tough like like we can't fit everyone in but this time like come on you could fit one more Scorsese gets nominated even without seeing it like Scorsese made a movie so we're going to nominate him that is just how it works and it, I don't it was, it care. was not, it's just, wrong it was even, yeah no but I know I'm agreeing with you I'm not even I'm not even complaining about it I'm saying he got nominated automatically he got nominated the second he said he was bringing a film out so yeah just yeah I, Oh yeah, I have Oppenheimer. I think it's pretty yeah, pretty straightforward on this one. Yeah, it's a big sigh in which I want to tell you poor things. <laughs> I want to tell you zone of interest, but we're going to give it to Nolan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good day. You know, I guess there's good enough guy. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, see one before. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I don't know if he does. He, I don't think he has an Oscar. I'm not sure. Maybe he does. But you know, like, I don't just despite my like, um, I guess like ambivalence about Oppenheimer as a film, just a large degree, like Christopher Nolan, like seems to really care about his actors and writers. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do think it's exciting that like so many people around the world showed up for a black and white, like three hour film the summer. That's cool. Which <laughs> I think, you know, which I think the Oscars like have a like the Oscar voters like have a similar feeling. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, yeah, I just checked. He does not have an Oscar. He needs to win one eventually, I guess. The world does not lock him back in the freezer. <laughs> the world, the world does not want to be in the Spike Lee category with with Nolan in thirty years, where it's like, oh my god, is he going to die soon? I, you know, so I yeah. guess I guess we can get it out of the way. I mean, I, like there are a lot of people who think that Oppenheimer is his best film. I disagree. I think Dunkirk is his best film. I actually really like Dunkirk, but you know, I mean, I, it, it's going to happen sooner or later. Now is as good a time as any, I guess. So huh. there you go. I have a 
weird opinion about what his best film is, and no one is going to agree with me on this. Which one? The Prestige. Oh, a lot of people like Prestige. I, I, a lot of people like it. A lot of people would say The Dark Knight or Dunkirk or Oppenheimer is his best Memento. film. I, I, yeah, I assume Steph's is Memento. Yeah, that's what he was initially nominated for. Yes, apparently. the first time. Yes, Memento was, you know, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a good filmmaker. It's like, okay, you know, he did win the BAFTA. <laughs> For this, I guess. So there, that's the thing. All right, so that's directing. So that leaves us with one remaining award, which will be the last award of the night. That's picture, with the nominees being American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Four Things, and The Zone of Interest. Anybody want to start? (laughs) There's going to be Past Lives, right? I know I'm living in my... (laughs) I know I'm dreaming. I'm, I'm living my dream. It's going to be open. It's just going to be open. Yeah. yeah. Big sigh. I'm, I'm actually. We could, another moonlight thing happened. It could be, but it won't be with past lives. Uh, if, if another moonlight no. thing happens, it's going to be, it's going to be with Hold or poor things. And like, those are the ones that I think have the chances of upsetting. By the way, this is a good year for film. I think it's amazing how many, we talked about this when the strikes happened. By moonlight thing, I meant they, they have the wrong envelope. I know. Yeah, I know. I thought you meant upset. No, well, thinking that I meant both. Upset. No, both. I just, when, when the strikes happened, I remember, I think Hannah and I talked about this in the air, that there, the chances yeah. of Barbie winning the Oscar just went up because there might not be any other movies, right? Like, so, like that, you even said, we thought, you know, hey, maybe Spider-Verse will be nominated for Best Picture because will we have 10, you know, big movies to actually fill the ranks? And then the strikes lasted so long that there was a, you know, that it really felt like there was a chance we weren't going to. But I think that these are 10 legitimate films where, hey, you know, even Past Lives, which right now has the worst odds in Vegas, they're only 14 to 1. That's not bad. And since Oppenheimer's are only are only 6 to 1, it's not that big a shift, right? Like, so you have, so like, I think it's going to be Oppenheimer. I think we all think it's going to be Oppenheimer. But I, I don't think this is, I, I'm not disappointed in this the way, like, I actually think Oppenheimer came together as a full movie more so than I think the directing came together. Where the directing, I'm just like, it's Nolan, I guess picture i'm like ah, this deserves it you know this is a movie that nobody that like this is a movie that tom cruise called the studios and said you know you need to move this because i want your little picture to do well and i'm going to be using these theaters for my mission impossible movie and for the good of cinema you need to get out the way and then there was the no you can't release this the same day as barbie for the good of cinema you need to get out the way and then like i mean say what you will barbie had the momentum going into that not oppenheimer and oppenheimer was the one that stuck his guns and said no we've got something here nolan said as producer not as director i have a picture here that i think people want to see i think i have a movie movie and i think as a movie movie best movie of the year but to be sure. fair i want to interject here like they like the barbie producers didn't i mean yeah wb like scheduled it to stick it to nolan because well we all know how this yes. podcast was about wb yes, but, the- but like you know margot robbie was going like going like on, oh, on a press absolutely not. Say, like, like like tom cruise saying like you know hmm. 
you're not gonna make money tom cruise also wanted barbie to move and just like what karma for mission impossible that's that's what i had yeah yeah not mad at barbie at all yeah yeah no Uh, i just i wanted to i just wanted to clarify like i yeah so but like you know barbenheimer was a thing people really liked oppenheimer they went and saw it people i think you know i think that like even though we might some of us might have at least sighed when said that this is going to win i do think that for people who like just like went to see oppenheimer because of christopher nolan or because of the meme oppenheimer is a different kind of movie than you know thor 4 or whatever so like hopefully like you know like people like called this like a difficult film three hours black and white partially like mm-hmm. you know blah blah like out of order maybe, yeah maybe like you know this can be kind of a gateway for people to see like you know like movie movies are not that hard you know like you know like you know it's like whenever you like think about picking up a dickens novel and it being kind of scary because it's so long and then you realize oh it, it's pretty readable actually um mm-hmm. You know, Nolan is the equivalent of Charles Dickens in this age. Nice shoehorning of your field into the episode. That was it. Well done. Never thought that David Copperfield this year. So good job. Um, I did just finish reading Demon Copperhead. Wayne, <laughs> Wayne was right. It's pretty good. But no, but like, I, I just mean like popular dude, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. What if it's a tie? That would be awesome. Okay. So interestingly enough, the Oscars do allow for ties. There have not been that many of them. It has happened six times in the history of the Oscars. Um, across all categories for any yeah yeah across all categories it, it is extremely rare mm-hmm. so the first time there was a tie was in 1932 which was best actor there was a project march for Jekyll and Hyde versus Wallace Beery for the champ in 1932 and then it happened again in 1950 which was best documentary short subject a chance to live versus so much so little so they both got it 1969 best actress Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand both took a statue for Best Actress in 1969. Probably the biggest of any of them were two people, you know, that like went on to obviously become names. It's not like, you know, no one's ever going to say that Streisand or Hepburn don't deserve their Oscar. So, you know, that was 69. And then in 87, documentary feature went to Artie Shaw, Time is All You Got, and Down and Out in America. And then 95, a short film was Fran Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life and Trevor. And then most recently, the year 2013. So it's only been 11 years. And that was best sound editing. Best sound editing tied between Zero Dark Thirty and and Skyfall. So in Hmm. very recent memory, that was the sixth time. So you could have a tie. Any of ours where we're like, hey, it could be Anatomy of the Fall or The Holdovers, right? Any of those could happen. You could have a tie. I'm not anticipating ones because it's really hard. But the Oscars do allow for ties. That would be awesome if it was Barbie and Oppenheimer. Would be. It's not not going to be. (laughs) No, just, yeah. (laughs) But it would would be interesting. The Vegas eyes would would absolutely combust on (laughs) sight. It would be, I mean, if it were those two in particular, like, I think it's more likely that your tie is going to be between, if if it was going to be a tie, it would more likely be Oppenheimer and like Holdovers or Anatomy of Fall. But if the story being completed to where the story of the 2023 box office was just, and then this movie was defined by Barbie and Oppenheimer, and they're the first joint best picture mm-hmm. in, yep. in history. That's what I would, that would love. That would be amazing, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> so the one thing we resolved is that's not going to happen. 
That's my resolve. Nothing. Nothing. It's very unlikely. It is possible. It is not going to. But this was fun as always. We can, you know, we'll post all of our all of our lists in the show notes so you can see what we're voting for. And then if you want to post your picks, you know, as a comment, see if you can beat us. That'd be interesting. (laughs) Will anybody be able to beat us? Can you do better? Or are you just going to take our advice and then you know try to win money in your office? Anyway, Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Are you looking forward to the Oscar? I am. Yes. <laughs> Steph does watch it. That, that is the one. That is the one award show that you really do watch the entire thing with me. If you don't fall asleep, with I, I don't think I have actually. Yeah. In recent memory. Yeah. I mean, but there are other award shows where you do fall asleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I forget about them. <laughs> is that what they are? <laughs> yeah, that would be like Did we watch that one. No, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, where can people find you? Is there, is there anything you want to promote? Not really. No. Okay. All right. And Monica Marvelous. Yeah, if you're in Los Angeles and you want to see some costume nominations in person, you can check out the ASU Fitum Museum in downtown LA. I worked really hard on it, mm-hmm. and all of the costume designers and their crews worked really hard on bringing all of those visions to life. And it is free and open to the public until early April. Very cool. Alejandro Hanna. I'm here sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you are here. <laughs> As always, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or Blue Sky. All of the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show on Twitter or Facebook or Blue Sky at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com, where we post about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. At least we try to. We've been really bad about that lately, but we'll try to get back into that. But you can leave us comments on this or any other episode. You can suggest topics or things you want to hear us talk about. You can tell us, you know, what you didn't like hearing us talk about. That would be interesting. It's like, hey, I don't care about the Oscars. When are you going to do real pop culture? This seems like as much pop culture as it gets. The poppiest of all pop culture. Anyway, if you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or Pandora or wherever the hell you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. That really helps us out, especially if you leave us a five-star review, not just a rating, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular, and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I would like to thank Maximilian of ThoughtForum Music for our epic theme song, Billy, ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank our guest, Stephanie, for joining us. I'd like to thank my podcast co-host. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.